On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we once again check in with Sergeant Joe Armstrong for another 4th of July adventure in American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. What would Japanese assassins be doing in this part of the world, taking a vacation? I believe they were trying to kidnap us, sir. <laughs> What would these guys be grabbing you morons for, huh? <laughs> this is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 51. This is Brandon, and as always with me is the Curtis Jackson to my Joe Armstrong, Cullen. I just wish we were together so we could, like, uh, do that, that high five where we just, like, grab each other's hands and just flex. Veins popping. That's right. Today we are here to discuss American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. Cullen, what's the old Ninja Americano up to this year? On a remote Caribbean island, Army Ranger Joe Armstrong investigates the disappearance of several Marines, which leads him to The Lion, a super criminal who has kidnapped a local scientist and mass-produced an army of mutant ninja warriors. American Ninja 2, The Confrontation, is directed by Sam Furstenberg and stars Michael Dudikoff, Steve James, Larry Poindexter, Gary Conway, Mike Stone, Michelle Boats, and Jeff Celentano. Welcome back to another 4th of July edition of Cult Cinema Cavalcade with the American Ninja series. Yeah, last year we did the first one, and you know, it's coming around where our episode drops on July 3rd, and the 4th the next day, so while you're cooking out, you're like, wonder what them Cult Cinema Cavalcade boys are talking about with uh, Michael Dudikoff this year, right? Right? No? That's what people are saying. That's what no, they're saying. I don't know. You know, and what better way to celebrate the 4th of July than with uh, appropriation of another culture? Thank goodness that we were able to do this for a July 4th episode. Right. Before we get started, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens, but please tweet Neil Breen to put us in his next film, Twisted. So you go on Twitter, you put our, our handle, you put Neil Breen's handle, and then you say, like, hey, put them assholes in your movie. That's it. And you know what? And you know what? By putting us in the movie, I mean, we would love nothing more than to have this, like, cool cameo in the movie, but, like, hell. Even if he added dialogue with cult, the words cult cinema cavalcade in it to his movie or had our logo like somewhere in the background, that's a win, right? Just some dude wearing a shirt. Yes! <laughs> some dude wearing a shirt or, you know, someone randomly talks about listening to cult cinema cavalcade on there. I, I, I'd be perfectly happy if Neil Breen was wearing a shirt with our logo on it and then he would just just like rip it off like Hulk Hogan. That's what I want to see. <sighs> Dreams, we have them. 
Make them come true, listeners. So tweet it. Just, 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 fuck, just, just do it. What else? What else are you doing with your life? Just tweet it. Just wake up in the morning, take a dump, and tweet it. And and then wipe and go on with your day. Right, right. Maybe shower. Who knows? And this Friday, July seventh, and going all weekend through the ninth. We're going to be at Indie PopCon in Indianapolis, Indiana. Friday night, there will be a podcast awards ceremony, followed by a pop quiz charity game at Scotty's Brew House, which is in downtown Indy near the convention center, where we'll be have Team Cavalcade is playing for a charity at 9 p.m. So you want to come cheer us on if you're around, you're going to the convention. Cool. And another team will be? Troy Brownfield. So he'll be, he'll be rounding up the team. I... I think he'll be the anchor of the team. We need him. You'll remember Troy from our WNUF Halloween special episode. And then Saturday at PopCon, we have a booth. And we will also be doing a live episode of our show at 2 p.m. at the podcast stage. And if you want details on what exactly it's going to entail, listen to the whole episode. Because we're going to tell you at the end. Bitch. On to American Ninja 2. Canon Films had a surprise hit with the first American Ninja, a movie they sold based on a poster uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> with that had Chuck Norris on it. Yeah. And uh, became a Michael Dudikoff film, and they were able to get another one out of him here. Like th- I think the poster for this one is just like, uh, put a ninja in front of a, a flag or fuck out or whatever. It's not really. It's not that inspired. First American Ninja launched a career for Michael Dudikoff with Canon Films. He started in some other ones. This was the last one that he was in that was still under Golden Globus. I'm not sure. He he, he did. I think one more under the Canon Group, but uh, Golden Globus weren't there anymore. He did this movie. He didn't come back for American Ninja Three, and then he came back for American Ninja Four. Coming back to uh, this second movie, it we open up with three crotch rocket bikers zipping through some island mountains, pull into this little town and go to a place called Blind Beggars Bar. And outside there are some shady homeless looking guys that peer at them from outside and then enter the bar and like, yo, give me a dollar. <laughs> they were hungry for that dollar, man. Yeah. And the guys are like, oh, we're Marines. We're not going to give you money. I'm like, I don't think that's the kind of PR you guys want. That Marines are tight with their money. Yeah. So this That's a that's really a stereotype. They need to buck. <laughs> so this turns into a fight where one of the Marines he hides in a corner and his friends are just getting bludgeoned up, beaten, and the homeless guy these guys, were these guys homeless or just like dirty I think they New were... Zealanders, like yeah, they were just dirty island people. That's what they were. Yeah, the leader, their leader, like, eyes the guy in the corner and then opens the door and a couple of ninjas come in. <laughs> I know! <laughs> it was so, it's so weird because that means that the ninjas were just standing behind that door and waiting. They had to enter normally, come in, get standing, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, was a, like, it was a secret knock or anything, like... You know, covert or mysterious. It's like they just open a door and they're just like the ninjas like, oh, we can come in now. Oh, okay, All right. Great. They take the two guys away. And then the homeless leader tells the scaredy cat guy that he did a good job and he he gives him a drink. And we then see a a child who uh, witnessed all this from behind a pinball machine. We then cut to a small 
plane landing, and off steps Sergeant Joseph Armstrong and Sergeant Curtis Jackson, which is Michael Dudikoff and Steve James are teaming here. Julia All Ronson. Cast members. Uh, Julia Ronson. The, the, the love interest from the last movie. Everything went um, so well. Unknown. Who jo- knows what happened there? Joe's just, he doesn't commit, apparently. Some guy in a tower radios that the American replacements have arrived. And then uh, that shady guy we saw in the bar earlier, his name is Taylor. And he pulls up with a guy named Charlie in a car. And it's played by Larry Poindexter. Am I supposed to know Larry Poindexter? He's a character actor. He was around a lot in the 90s. But to me, I feel like this guy was like the, the prototype for like Ben Affleck. Young Ben Affleck. Like, if young Ben Affleck yeah. decided, like, ah, I'm not going to jog or, like, do anything. <laughs> like, he's got, yeah, yeah. he's got like, the cadence of his dialogue. And he kind of looks like him. But, yeah, Larry Poindexter, he was in, I mean, he just, he popped up in a lot of random things. I don't think anything, like, strong or anything like that. I remember he was in, a, like, a Shannon Tweed movie one time. Oh, so he saw Shannon Tweed naked at some point. He got to Humper, too, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, th- I think that's in everyone's contract. If you're in a Shan Tweed movie, you will get naked around her, and you'll ha- have to act like you're humping her. <laughs> These two pull up in a convertible, and they're looking for two Marines. And they're taken aback when Joe and Curtis say they're from the Army. You guys see a couple of Marines by any chance? No. Shit. We're supposed to pick up these two Marines on this flight. Uh, what were their names? Armstrong and Jackson. You're looking at them, though. Army? You guys are supposed to be Marines. Sorry. Well, throw your stuff in the back and jump in. Army. What a drag. They said they'll drive him to the embassy, and on the way, they oogle at women on the beach. And Curtis Jackson's like, I think I'm going to like it here. To be fair, there are women everywhere. Yeah. It is, <laughs> there is a preposterous amount of women in, <laughs> not like uh, female characters, just women walking around like their scenery. <laughs> this car gets to the embassy, and they get out, and they meet Toto, who is the kid from the bar that was hiding behind the pinball machine. It's all coming together. This is in the in the Caribbean, correct? This they, movie takes place in the Caribbean? They filmed in South Africa. All right. Well, the, it, movie takes, the movie takes place yes, in the Caribbean. Yes, the movie takes place uh, in the Caribbean. Th- and this kid is wearing a thick winter hat. Oh, I want to yeah. know. What time of year is this? Because everyone's wearing fucking jackets, but there's also people like walk around in shorts and bikinis. Like, what temperature is this place? <laughs> it's uh, like out of time, out of space, man. It's uh, I don't know. Apparently, like you're good in the bikini or you're good in a leather jacket. So uh, as they walk up in, this dude calls them soldier boys, and Curtis stops and says, "There's just a couple of soldier boys we got around here. Rangers, my son." Rangers. Rangers, huh? Yeah. They then are introduced to Wild Bill. Wild Bill is their commanding officer at the embassy. And in case you're wondering, yes, he does look like Wild Bill from G.I. Joe. Yeah. I thought this guy, there's like certain people you can say, yeah, yeah, he's like one of the human embodiments of the 1980s in one person. Absolutely. There are some times where you look at him and you think, well, I guess they couldn't get Val Kilmer. Yeah. So they got this guy and put a mustache on him. Well, it's like, it's like okay, we need a guy to play a commanding officer in an action movie. Oh, all the soldier kind of play guys are playing. Well, 
Can we get uh, a guy who played like a plays like a soldier from a comedy movie? Okay, here. Yeah, you're right. It's exactly what he, like he they, looks like. He, like he could play military, but in a different genre. <laughs> like he's he's perfect <laughs> yeah. for like comedy movie military, but here it's like wah wah. So we we've got Dollar General Val Kilmer and Dollar Tree Kevin Bacon and uh, Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> And and uh, everything's a dollar, Ben Affleck. <laughs> and heavily reduced price, Fred Williamson. <laughs> he, uh, he tells them to dress as little like military as possible. He keeps having men disappear. And that makes sense, because no one... It looks like everyone's on vacation. I didn't realize this was an embassy. You know I, what? You know how much cheaper it probably is to make the movie without anyone in military uniform? You get the five that you have on set and go, okay, have a line where he says, don't dress up like a military. Yeah, I'm sure they just told everyone, like, just just dress for the environment. Of course, that could mean anything to these people. You could be you could be wearing short shorts or a, a, a full-on jumpsuit made, made to make you sweat all the time. While Bill mentions... That a kid saw men in black suits. And this grabs Joe and Curtis' attention. And they like slowly turn each other and look each other in the face and do everything but at the same time say, ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also the kid said, black suits. When I hear black suits, I think of someone wearing a dress suit. I'm not thinking of someone dressed head to toe right. in black uh while bill says he's married to a local girl which comes like means nothing i thought like she'd show up later on or something would do with the plot or but he, he like throws out yeah i married a local girl was it was it well did he say that about himself or yeah, was he, he said, saying that no, he said, I, I thought he was i thought he was saying that about taylor oh uh, maybe okay i thought okay i thought he was saying he, he was but this makes that makes more sense now well done, screenwriters. Okay. He tells him keep a low profile, and then Charlie shows him to the rooms and invites him to go water skiing. They go- <laughs> I know. They've been there, oh, 10 minutes. It's like, hey, wait, you want to go water skiing? Like, we, what's our assignment? What are we? There's There are Marines missing. We should be, no, we're, we're going to water ski. Great. Real good. I just got off a plane. Hey, you know what I want to do as soon as I get off a plane? Intense physical activity. They uh, go out on the water with Charlie, another marine guy that treats them very coldly, and shady old Taylor. And as they all doze off in the boat, Taylor disconnects like some wires, and the boat dies. And he tells them there's a problem, and they float it into the beach. Uh, they check the engine, and Curtis and Joe, you just see they're like, yeah, this is some bullshit. Yeah. They're just like, ah. Uh- I'd like to know why all of them fall asleep. How long were they in that boat to where, like, like it's not an exaggeration. Everyone except Taylor is dead asleep in the boat. Right. It, it, it's, it's like you would expect that he drugged them. But no, it's just boats make military people sleepy. The three Marines and Curtis go swimming. And Joe immediately jumps in the driver's seat and hooks the wires back together. And, well, and then tells Curtis to keep an eye on Tommy, and and then he goes to catch up with the guys to go swimming. And then, from behind Joe, ninjas appear on the beach. 
Well, they come prancing from behind a rock. Yes. It's not like, and they are so far away. And these are ninjas on a beach. It's in the middle of the day. So they're dressed head to toe in black on a sandy, this this isn't black sand. It's regular damn sand on a beach. And and it's not just that they're on the beach. The, the, The ninja in the front has its arms spread wide. Right. As if he were wearing like a Liberace cape, his arms are <laughs> extended and prancing towards towards Joe. And Joe runs up in this like rocky, hilly area, and then this fight breaks out with him and the ninjas. And he and Joe beats and pounds on them as they gang up on him and throw spears. They use ropes, the bows and arrows and stuff. Curtis and the Marines return, and he grabs a stick from the boat and says, "You know, he's gonna take. A, he's gonna go look for Joe." And then. He battles a ninja who's got a sword, and many other ninjas attack him as well. So they're both fighting ninjas. And at one point, there's one point where Dudikoff he catches this arrow in his hand and then chucks a sword at the guy who shot the arrow. I know. I I want to talk about this because <laughs> he has first of all, like you said, he catches that arrow. He has the amazing reflexes. Then he has enough strength to throw a sword into a human being he didn't graze him he fully threw a sword into a person through clothes you know whatever's underneath that ninja outfit and it wasn't just like it was like right across from him he had to be like a story or two because <laughs> these were huge rocks right so he threw a sword which isn't light with enough force <laughs> That's ridiculous. He, like, he threw like a line drive. That was like a laser. <laughs> that is commando level strength. That is preposterous. Well, I mean, to continue the preposterousness, he meets Joe, or he meets Curtis on top of the hill, and they run off the cliff and land in the speedboat with the other Marines. Yeah, like the boat, to be fair, it's not moving that fast, but one, it's moving. That's a hell of and- a drop. <laughs> Yeah, and they yeah. just and they, they more stories. They land in it as if they were like standing on the edge of the boat and jumped in. Oh yeah, like, yeah, they land gracefully on their feet. <laughs> it's not like like they jump and they buckle and collapse because they jumped four stories into the water. Like I expected them to jump into the water and swim to the boat. That would have made some kind of sense, but no, they fully just land in the boat and. Off they go. Well, and I love that, like, this movie, like, f- four minutes prior shows us, like, you know, this stupid thing with this guy. It's like, I'm just going to unplug the steering wheel. And then Joe just, you know, sits and he's like, all right, whatever, you guys go to the beach. Okay. Pff, I knew what he did. Like, immediately. And then it yeah, gets to this, it, like, there's, there's, and then it goes, like, zany. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and there's no confrontation, like, when they got in the boat, like, hey, you know, when, you know, Joe doesn't go to Taylor and say, hey, this was disconnected. Do you know anything about that? Right. Like, no, no, it's just taking on faith that he's okay. I don't know. I thought that was, I thought that, that could have been useful. I don't know. But that would have slowed the movie down by a minute. Right. And th- this movie... I don't know if five minutes go by in this movie without an action scene. Exactly. <laughs> so, someone's being chased or someone is fighting every five minutes in this movie. And that's not an exaggeration. As they, the boat goes away, one of the ninjas unmasks himself. 
so we know what he looks like for later he's in got... the movie. He's got like a scar in his eye. It's like kind of yeah. closed with like some something happened to him. I know when he took his mask off, I thought, are we supposed to know who that is or? Because I thought for a second it was supposed to be someone from the first movie, but no, it's just it's just it's a guy so that he, comes it, up it's later. Like, it's like he's gonna he's gonna be appearing later without the ninja stuff. So like let's uh let's let you know right now. But it's almost like when he removed his mask, it's like you think that he's gonna be the main antagonist. Like oh man, they're gonna butt heads with this guy all the time in this movie, and he is in it, and he is a villain. But it's not. I mean, he gets the big showdown fight later on. I know. Yeah, he he does, but he's in, not. In terms like, of like the ladder of evil, he's like goon number two or three. Yeah, but like, he's the like, only the one way, that can like fight good. Yeah, like like the the way he takes his mask off, you think that he would be he'd be Shredder, but it turns out he's the 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 the, the bald guy that's just below Shredder that runs the Foot Clan. <laughs> He's like, well, we're on the uh, dime store versions of people. He's a thrift store six-fingered man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. At the embassy, Wild Bill has to be told what a ninja is. And uh, <laughs> in 1987, yeah. And this is American Ninja Two. So, well, to be fair, yeah. I've, I don't think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was really a thing at this point. But in, to the, be fair. there was a ninja craze going on before the Turtles. You're right. There was yeah, e- so Enter the Ninja movies, Pray for Death, Rage of Honor, American Ninja. Like, Canon Films was all ninja movies a lot well, of the you time. Well, uh, Wild Bill is not a cinema buff. Right? Yeah. He's been on, he's been on this island while this ninja craze is going on. So, a little does he know it's, it's come to home. Him and this guy named Sergeant Cloudsley, this old asshole guy that's there, they don't take it very seriously, the ninja threat, and Cloudsley's laughing like a moron. But after Wild Bill dismisses everyone and keeps it to just him and Curtis and Joe, he takes it a bit more strongly and uh, gives Joe and Curtis ask for a few days to investigate this all on their own. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. I'll give you a week. It's like, wait, they just asked for like a couple days. He's like, what else? Give you a week. And also, he's like, I don't know. That's their job. That's why they came there to figure <laughs> out what the hell was going on. <laughs> they go outside. They're asking, they're asking to do their job. Yeah. <laughs> outside, Cloudsley is out there. He's like, Ninjas, my ass. You guys were over Mangrove Island taking care of the local talent, right? <laughs> Now, you may have got away with that in the army, feller, but you sure as hell ain't gonna get away with it here. What, what's his problem? What, why is he so upset all the time? Well, he's from, he came from the same pool that Wild Bill did, the, the comedy movie military guy. He's like the, the chief or whatever, the guy that's like, ah, oh, you kids, quit yeah, having he, your fun! Yeah, he, he But he's in the, the action movie, so it's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, he should be the... Upper, the, the high-ranked military person who's a bumbling idiot. That's that's what he should be. Instead, he just he just stomps his feet and he's upset at these guys that he's he met earlier that day. And they've done nothing wrong. He just assumes that they have. Right. And Taylor is inside on the phone telling someone about Curtis and Joe, and the phone guy says. That blonde one could be a ninja. 
which I <laughs> Well, yeah. to be fair, he caught an arrow and threw a sword through someone. Right. What? Like, without missing a beat, it was like a fluid movement. So whoever's on the phone wants them dead, and then that night in Joe's room, Taylor sneaks up on him and, and tells him to meet him tomorrow at the Blind Beggar alone. Because that's not conspicuous. Oh, no, not at all. And you know what you do when you go to meet someone alone at a bar? What's that? You put on your finest Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, he is dressed like Mr. Cool Guy. Like, as uncool as that was, Dudikoff made it awesome. Like, I was like, yeah, that looks good in that. He he did pull it off. He pulled it Uh, off. (laughs) I think it's because he, he, he cranked up the coolness on it because he's wearing... What mid calf boots? Yes, and his he his popped jet. his collar. Yeah, oh, and it's a big, big denim collar too. Like any other movie, you'd be like, "What an asshole!" But this, I don't know. There's <laughs> it works. It off. Like he wears a like a leather jacket later on, and it's like, nah, it's not as cool, man. Get the denim one yeah. back. But it, it's just more of that. What temperature is it on this island? <laughs> He's dressed head to toe in denim. Meanwhile, there's you know people running around in shorts and you know Hawaiian shirts. He, he gets to the bar and it's closed, so he goes to the side entrance and guess who's there? The freaking New Zealand homeless locals bum gang, who he t- he handles them pretty fast, and goes in the side entrance of the bar. The bartender tells him that Taylor's upstairs. He goes to a room to meet Taylor, and Taylor tells Joe he didn't want to do it, but he's interrupted. And as the bums find him up in the the room, and after handling them, Taylor then says that the bad guys have his wife. There's some millionaire guy called the Lion in charge of, he what he says, doing some biological stuff. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I don't, you know, I don't want to get bogged down with specifics. Uh, he hears something and goes to the window where he gets a spear in the chest. <laughs> well, I, I love not that. an arrow, a full-on <laughs> spear. spear. Well, and I, I love that he says, like, uh, the, uh, I think there's someone outside. And then he just, he doesn't even open the window all the way. He just kind of, like, slightly, you know, opens the curtains, just pokes the curtains. As they were then, just bang. attacked by a mob of people, he's going to yeah. check out, like, oh, I wonder who's here. It's not like all the people that were in that gang were murdered. I don't think any of them were. I think they all ran out. They all... Dudikoff beat yeah. the hell out of him, and they all bugged out of there. He beat him twice, like in the alley upstairs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He arrives there. He gets attacked by this gang. He goes inside. What? There's maybe three minutes between attacks by the same people. More abuse, please. Yeah, you don't think Taylor would be like, wait a minute, I should be more cautious. <laughs> Curtis and Joe are with Wild Bill, who says Taylor's death had to do with drugs, but. They well, say, they, they say said it's blackmail. Well, they were like in a meeting, and he says to them, uh, Taylor was killed. Like, no shit, Taylor <laughs> was killed. He had a spear through his chest. <laughs> he had been, he was uh, death by spear. <laughs> no, 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 hold on, maybe he ran to the spear. Are we sure he was murdered? They, they argue it's blackmail, and there's this local general there who blows it all off when they ask to inspect the lion's property on the Blackbeard Island uh, regarding this foul play. And uh, the guy's like, ah, oh, no, no, no. And then he leaves. Wild Bill says, I mean, what is this? Ninjas, drug pushers, my men being kidnapped and murdered? This is really beginning to get on my tits. 
He informs them of a governor's formal event that they need to go to, and he tells them they have to dress as Marines to it. Which there so, is some deep inside military joking going on in this movie or something, right? Because they're like, oh, Marines. <laughs> well, that's why I wondered if they would, um, if that would be uh, insulting to make them dress as Marines instead of Army Rangers. Uh, they show up to the event with Wild Bill, and Charlie drops him off. And Wild Bill has a full-on, like, white uniform. And Cloudsley comes with him, too. He tells Curtis, you go mingle. And then tells Joe, don't get drunk and puke on the pavements. <laughs> like, okay. Like, does it look like he drinks? Look at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's fucking ripped. Curtis meets a lady he fancies and flirts with her. It's the first thing he does. He walks in, he separates from Joe, and immediately starts pursuing women. Joe notices some generals and other shady characters they thinks he's seen before, and Curtis says he those guys look like they've seen you too. Joe he points out the lion and says it's the guy that Taylor told him about. And then the general, the local general, he walks up. I don't know his name. He's just a local general for me. He walks up to Joe and says that he needs to accompany him to the police station as there are witnesses that saw him at the scene of Taylor's death. And then a woman (laughs) pops out of nowhere and goes up to the lion and gets ecstatic calling him a drug dealer as the ninja guy, the unmasked ninja guy. Remember when he took his mask off? He's here. He's with the lion at this party. And he grabs her and hands her to the authorities. And the lion looks like generic 80s action villain. It's a white guy with blonde hair and a white suit wearing aviator sunglasses. He couldn't be more of a stereotype for this kind of movie. You know, he's played by Gary Conway, right? Who also wrote this movie. No. Yeah, he wrote the movie. Oh, that makes it even more delicious. I hope he wrote a part for himself. Like, I, I hope it wasn't like, well, we need someone to play this part. Let's get Gary in here. Gary can be the lion. While Bill gives Joe and Curtis the cue to go follow where they're taking her, and they, they get in the white Cadillac with Charlie and follow the car with the girl, and guess where they wind up? The blind beggar! Because there's only what, three locations in this right, movie. Right, right. Uh, they enter, and then she screams for help, and then a big brawl begins with everyone in the bar. And I love Steve James's taunting, saying, come on, you midgets. Yeah. What, what is that even supposed to mean? Uh, like, how is that a burn? I, I, I don't get it. And then, and then they're like, these people like pile on him and he, and he bursts out of the pile and they have a sound effect of bowling pins, like a strike happening. I know. I, I could I like, not what? believe that. Yeah, and I mean, this just turns it into an all-out brawl. Like, like, there's so many times in this movie where it's almost a cartoon. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that and that's that is one of them. That is one of the biggest ones. It's like, why do we hear bowling pins? And there was like, like the like the the punches, or there was something. There was also weird clattering with uh, with Dudikoff when he was fighting the other guys. It sounded. I don't know if there was more bowling pins, but it, it, I mean, it wasn't like with um, with uh, with Jackson. That was ridiculous. Yeah, and and Larry Poindexter, he just gets beat up. Like most of his cuts are like him getting 
he goes behind the bar after he beats the crap out of someone. He pulls out a bottle of alcohol and pours a couple of drinks and says to a woman, uh, how about lunch? And she takes the bottle and breaks it over his head and he says, so no lunch? <laughs> oh, that poindexter. Oh, that poindexter. <laughs> there, was, there was one clever moment I liked where Dudikoff, because he fights upstairs and mm-hmm. Steve James is fighting downstairs. And he's throwing, he throws this guy off of the balcony and then it cuts to the down below and there's this this flat big table and the guy falls down and he like lands on a chair towards the the corner of the screen like missing the table it's like oh and then a guy charges into Dudikoff they fall off and then they land on the table so it like plays with mm-hmm. plays with your expectation I thought that was pretty clever I I like that yeah no I expected him to land on that table too it was like oh they they I was like up. well that's a whiff <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what a missed opportunity like oh no it's okay. Good for you, American Ninja 2. It's like there's no other take. Yeah. So as the fight finishes, they go to leave. The ninja guy, the one we saw unmasked earlier, he enters and he and Joe exchange a quick glance. And then Joe and everybody runs off. They find the car in the middle of the road getting ransacked and pillaged by some people. But it's drivable to leave. I mean, it is busted up. And back at the governor's mansion, they pull up in the junk car to pick up Wild Bill and Cloudsley. And Joe, he's, shh, he's hiding in the back seat so no one can see him. And Curtis sees the girl he fancied with some rich smug dude, and she gives him her number and says, call me. Yeah, they, they, they've talked for mm, a minute, and she oh, she's just looking for a way out. It's Steve it James, even... man. It's Steve James. He's, I, he's got I just... something. I, I just think she was done with that relationship, and she just saw a way out, and she just latched onto it. <laughs> they they take off, and then a ninja the ninja guy shows up and says, Joe fights like a tiger. And the, the lion says that he wants to take Joe alive and makes this analogy about, uh, like, the lion traps the tiger or some bullshit. If the inspector can't do the job, I know what to do. We'll use the lamb to catch the tiger. I want that man alive. It doesn't make a lot of sense. At Wild Bill's office, they gear up, and Joe says they need to get to Blackbeard Island, and he says that the girl's the key. He finds Toto and takes him to the town to a building where he you know, tells him there it is, and he's like, you'll be three bucks, and he knocks on the door, she answers with a shotgun in his face. And he's like, yo, yo, I just you know, I want to talk. She's like, okay, come in. But a ninja shows up. <laughs> he drops down from above and attacks. You know. at, at any given point in this movie. A ninja it's... could show up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're and everywhere. It, it, it's ridiculous. And in this movie, it's not out of place. Like, It's like they have to tune into the news. Like, all right, let's see. What the uh, the percentage of uh, ninjas is going to be today? Like, oh, honey, better be careful. Bring your sword. It's a ninety percent chance of ninjas today. It's like they're they're sitting at breakfast. It's like, oh man, I got a lucky charms. Uh, coffee. Did you make this coffee, man? No, I didn't make this coffee. Oh, someone did. Okay, that's good. Hey, is there any more rice? Cross ninja attack <laughs> from out the cereal bowl. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they run out of the house to escape it, but then there's just a shower of throwing stars coming down on them. Yeah. During this fight, though, he like 
he catches a blow dart between his like fingers. Well, it's like he he runs with the woman. I'm trying to think the the order here. She's at the door. That ninja shows up, throws the throwing star. Joe, I think he attacks that ninja. I don't remember exactly, but he does grab that throwing star out Mm -hmm. of the door. They turn the corner, and then there's a ninja. I don't know a story or two up on some scaffolding, like he and like you said, a a blow dart shoots at him and he catches it between his fingers, yeah. and then he uses that same throwing star to throw at that guy. And he hits him in the head. It like it like oh, kills yeah. him. Yeah, it's in his head. It's like holy sh- man, Joe's got aim. <laughs> it is preposterous. Toto then shows up in a pickup truck as more ninjas arrive, and she- oh, and, and then that ninja like. There's, there's there's a boiler, like, in the alley, and uh, Joe knocks him into the boiler, and he catches on fire? Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. Like, what the, why the fuck is there a boiler in an alley? <laughs> like, are they trying to heat the alley? What the fuck is that doing outside? Mel, did you preheat the boiler? Yeah, I'm just in here for a little bit, waiting for it to cook up. How much less intimidating would Freddy Krueger be if if the boiler room was just outside? <laughs> Everyone like, are you gonna are are you gonna molest that child? I was like, what? No, you're clearly going to do it. You're out in the open. Like, ah, shit, you caught me. <laughs> much shorter movie. She's uh in the truck. The woman says her name's Alicia, and she says she knows how to get to Blackbeard Island. And then a ninja gets onto the pickup truck and causes some hell. He falls off. And then he ropes onto it willingly and is dragged by the pickup truck. Like, oh, yeah. what's the end game here? <laughs> like, he's getting, like, cut up and, like, bloody and dra- Like, let go! Yeah, like, there's an army of ninjas. You'll get them later. Guess what, Relax. dude? Joe, Joe's actually coming to you guys. Like, wh- <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe he just needs a lift and he's just too shy to ask. I don't know. Well, the- but, he, but he's really aggressive because he does... He gets on the truck, yeah. He he gets he, there to he, cause more hell. Yeah, like when he when he when he first gets on the truck, he punches the back window out with his <laughs> own fist. He gets knocked off, uses a grappling hook, gets dragged behind for he miles, for miles oh, yeah. before Absolutely. he yeah he almost runs into another car. <laughs> and I don't mean that Joe almost runs into another car. I mean the ninja getting dragged behind the car almost runs into another car. Yeah, he gets like up like he's on like the front of the car and he climbs up from yeah. under it and he's all over. But then the best thing uh so Joe drives toward this building with all these barrels and tells Alicia and Toto to jump out of the truck and then like he like gets it aimed and then jumps out himself and it crashes in the building and everything possible blows the fuck up. I think it might have been an old gas station. I think. <laughs> it just, it was some building. I noticed there were some barrels, but it was just like, boom! <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, were the barrels full of nitroglycerin? Like, what's the fuck is happening? It's just... Like, to kill one ninja. Like, when when I saw that building, I'm like, oh, yes, here it comes. (laughs) 
Like, and it was a big. It was not just an explosion. It was. It was so big. You saw like the dirt lift off the ground. Yes. I mean, there was like multiple. Like it, it was like a big one, and then another big. Like, it was like didn't. It was like a like a sink. Like like five explosions. Like big yeah. explosions in a row. It, it, it uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, like, the force of that explosion reminds me of uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 when the house blows up. Yes! It kind of reminds me of that where it's like, holy shit, that is <laughs> way over the top. This is a, a nice follow-up death to Robert Loja from last week, I'll tell you that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I believe this is our first car explosion in the movie, but, you know... Damn it, it was awesome. <laughs> Joe tells Toto to go back and tell Curtis that he and Alicia are going to Blackbeard Island. And uh, they get a boat, but Alicia's like, yo, yo, we gotta wait till dark because uh, patrols. Because they stop patrolling at night. And then she goes on to tell Joe about her father's plans of a scientific breakthrough to cure cancer before Burke, who is the lion, bought his lab and other plans and they use some sort of super genetics on marines or whatnot to make super ninja blah 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 <laughs> and they're after alicia so if they have her they can keep her father working i love the idea that you can restructure dna to make ninjas <laughs> like how <laughs> how do you even come to that idea how, how do you take the steps to make it happen i'm no scientist but i think the science in this movie is questionable i'm just gonna say it i'm not sure the canon people did their research to make sure if people could genetically be turned into ninjas we need to get a cult cinema cavalcade fact checker because kind of i mean i'm i'm in the middle here maybe i don't know i would think canon films would have fully researched this before you know it's just irresponsible if they don't. <laughs> right. While Bill says he can't get clearance to go to the island, and Curtis tells him he's not doing enough. Back at the island, in an arena, the lion is celebrating the drug empire and, and government payoffs and stuff. And he says that with Alicia's father's help, he's created super ninjas. <laughs> Strong, obedient, heartless, and as many of them as they want. And I, I love, like, the whole juxtaposition of this scene because the way the lion is talking, it seems like he should be talking to, like, a large audience in front of him. He's talking to guys behind him. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's surrounded by the guys he's talking to. It looks like a coalition of evil people all in the same right. area. Yes. And there's just oh, this just rows of ninjas, like, below them. And not even looking up at them. They're just kind of, some of them are sitting, some of them are standing. It's just, who's talking to who in this situation? Well, And, and then he says, like, let's see what they can do. And the, the super ninjas put on a little ninja show. They all line up and they kind of do a, a ninja line dance. Yeah, they like move their hand. And I'm sitting here going like, so so what's the difference between a ninja and a super ninja? Like, Well, super uh, ninjas are really good at choreography. Ah, uh, okay. That's what it is. Joe and Alicia arrive on the island at the base, which, guess what? It's guarded. It's got patrols. Just, uh, just saying. And then at the ninja show, the ninjas start getting a little more intense in their show. They start shooting darts and arrows and waving swords and doing back handsprings. The lion nods at our main ninja guy that we know, and then he walks over and he goes, <laughs> I, 
I know when I saw that, I thought, is that a command? What is that? Uh, That's not a word. Like, well, he's going to do something, he got a stomach cramp right before? Like, Well, yeah, but that's what I thought. Like, for all we know, he just stepped on a tack. Yeah. Because it cuts to Joe outside. And he luckily, he's a thoughtful, thoughtful packer. He brought his portable fence clippers with him <laughs> to cut holes in the, the two fences. Are, are, well, you, you know, he, he's an army ranger, so that's what they're known for, yep. right? Right. Army ranger ninja guy. He takes out two ninjas that are outside patrolling because we were told at night they wouldn't be patrolling. I think they're not patrolling the water. Oh, that okay. was it. That's why they had to wait to take the boat to there. Boat's got to come in at sundown. <laughs> They're always going to have someone guarding the place. Yeah. Especially at night. That's just... Right. And by the way, finally, the ninjas are perfectly suited for the environment because they're dressed all in black and it's finally nighttime. Yeah. I, 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 will, I, s- I will say, I I've seen the rest of this movie. Lion might have wanted to invest in nighttime patrolling of the boats. Just, just saying. Yeah, like just do it. I don't know. Get a a a, a, a lighthouse. Figure it out. Yeah, he uh, got breached. Back at the arena, the our, our you know main ninja guy takes the sword and begins fighting and killing all the super ninjas. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought. I mean, like, he. I thought like, oh, are they just like playing around? No, blood, cutting throats, stabbing guys to death. There's some cool deaths in here. Yeah, and I thought you're wasting all your product. What are you doing here? Why are you like these are shitty super ninjas if one guy murders thirty of them? One guy who <laughs> is not a super ninja. Oh no, not at all. Like like you see like him fight and you just think, well, can we just get him to train people? Because wouldn't that just be easier than using like genetic manipulation? Because mm-hmm. this guy is really good. So just have him do it. I love this this guy watching is leans to the lion and he goes, How do you make them, Leo? What are they? Miracles. Miracles of genetic engineering. And, and this is after the head ninja has murdered all of these other ninjas. Right. Why is he impressed? The lion then says Professor Sanborn will show them all how it's done. Back at Wild Bill's, they're still in the office. Curtis is growing restless and decides he's going anyway. Anybody who wants to go can go with him. Joe and Alicia are now disguised as ninjas wandering the halls and enter the appropriately titled Master Laboratory. I love that not only do we know where the Master Laboratory is, but we know it because there is a lit sign above the door. <laughs> and uh, they run into Lion and her father, and the lion shows the operating room off and blah, 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 fake science stuff to people. And then two ninjas take Alicia's dad somewhere, so they go follow, and they attack these ninjas in a stairwell. And Alicia's dad said there's a big heroin shipment coming that they need to stop. It's a shipment of $10 billion of heroin that's going to the U.S. Yeah. How how much heroin is that? Which, did did they stop it? Unless, <laughs> I don't unless, think, unless by I mean by un- taking out like everyone ready... here, the boat doesn't set off because the boat people are here at this arena place. Then they won't be there to take the heroin, so the heroin or, doesn't go. Or they're waiting from an order from someone that was at the arena. That's uh, otherwise. 
it could just be like, all right, at, at midnight, that's when we leave, and they could just go. They don't, you know, <laughs> they don't, they don't right. need anyone to tell them to go. Elisa takes her father to get out, and Joe goes to the basement to find the Marines. And before that, he sits to meditate and his has memories of his training with his master from the last movie. Uh, yeah, and then there's a puff of smoke, and his outfit is different. Yes! Uh, ninjas are magic. Yep. In this movie. I believe in the other movie... Ninjas had magic abilities. It wasn't really touched on, but I think that in the flashback scene, his mentor actually says, use ninja magic. Yeah, I mean... So, so uh, d- just just so people are aware, this, this movie says that you can genetically alter people so they can be ninjas, mm-hmm. and that also ninjas are magic. So that means through science... People can use magical abilities. That is American Ninja 2. Meanwhile, at the beach, while Bill and the rest of the Marines gear up and move out to go to the island, Joe takes down some ninja guards and finds the kidnapped Marines. Uh, he's like, Wild Bill sent me to take you home, which total four guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that was enough to get the Army yeah. Rangers in there. So whatever, that's all we knew that they kidnapped. That's all we need to see. But I think, like, there's one part, and I think it's around here, where Joe just, like, walks down the hall, and there's two ninjas at the end of it. And it's before he rescues the Marines. It's as he's approaching their cell. Yeah. And he, like, he just casually walks up to them and then just full-on beats the shit out yeah, of yeah, them. That's, uh, yeah, those guys are guarding the Marines. I'd like to point out that one of our old friends has made a return to the show. There's crush trauma here because mm-hmm. Joe... <laughs> Absolutely punches a guy in the dick. There's no yes. way he does not punch a guy in the dick. There was another crotch trauma where he had this like wooden thing. I think it was during the uh, beach fight, and he like mm-hmm. stuck it in the guy's crotch and pulled it back. Oh man, I'm sorry. I gotta watch it again. I'm sorry I missed that. Double crotch trauma because it's been it's been been a while. It's this movie's job to make up for lost time. They uh, get up and uh, grab some swords. And wind up in the arena area on their way out. And the lights come on and... American Ninja, I presume. How very nice to meet you. Your days are over, Burke. On the contrary. I'm expecting an even more prosperous future. And parts of you will be a part of that future. Take him to the lab. Yay! Says the lion, who is watching... As he has Alicia and her father, and the super ninjas surround them. And then a, the big finale fight occurs. While Bill, Curtis, and company arrive on the beach, and they toss grenades and begin shooting up the fucking place. Well, they throw a grenade in the uh, one of the watchtowers. Yeah. And when they do it, that I don't know how, but the people survive. What they throw a grenade in that tower and it fully <laughs> explodes, but you see the, them like jumping out in the middle of the explosion. It's not like they're on fire or anything. They seem to be completely unharmed. Right. Alicia's dad says he has something he must do and do alone. He tells her he loves her and takes off. I think I think it's really inappropriate that he went to to, to rub one out. There's this whole action <laughs> scene going on, yeah. and he's just, he's like, no, I need some private time. I, I'm, on, I'm on an island 
full of men. I need five minutes. <laughs> well, after he, he slaps the salami, he goes down to the lab, and he's rigging it to explode. And the lion shows up, and he's like, what are you doing? You destroyed and And he's like, you destroyed everything I dreamed of. I wanted to make a, a better world. And then the lion charges him, and he detonates it. By, by the way, they, they detonate it. They're standing right next to the explosion, and... It doesn't seem like they're actually injured. Right. No, it's not like, I'm like, oh, they're going to come back, right? One of them, like the lion's going to show up. Nope. This is it. That's it. They're not in the movie anymore. But they seem like they're completely unharmed, but apparently they're not. During uh, this big old fight, Steve James has some awesome, like, fisticuffs and sword battles. Some cool weapons. You mean when he pulls out the two enormous swords? Yes! Where he's, he's fighting two ninjas, one of them's got, like, swords, but then we see him reach behind his back, and like a cartoon... They're like giant knives. Yes. Like, for swords. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of, yeah. Yeah, they were, like, yeah, they were just, just the biggest... It They they looked like they belonged to an action figure. They were enormous. Yeah. Like, like, what practical use are those, <laughs> those knives? They're fucking ridiculous. They had to be... I don't know, like eight inches wide, maybe even wider than that. They were fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And he, and he seemingly pulled them out of his butt. Right. He reached behind his back, and now I've got huge swords. Uh, he, uh, I like he kicked this one dude's ass, and the guy, like, he's walking away. The guy starts to get up, and he stops. He looks at him. He's like. <laughs> And then the, and the guy, guy puts like, his head back yeah, down. Yeah, he puts it down. Well, you know, he pulled the swords out of his own ass. Who knows what he'll pull out of that ninja's ass? As Joe fights the main ninja guy head-to-head while Alicia sits and watches, the ninja guy starts to lose, and he, like, pulls a shotgun on Joe. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to chalk this up to ninjas are magic. Right. Because that's the only way. Because you would see a shotgun somewhere on this dude. He didn't pick up off the ground. It had to come from him. And there's no way he could comfortably fight with a, a shotgun attached to his body somewhere that we couldn't see. When he empties, uh, he runs for a sword in slow motion. And then they do that whole uh, that samurai thing where you just like stare at each other and then you go by, you pass by each other with one swipe. And uh, mm. Joe gets him. He misses, Joe gets him. And then he chops him a couple more times and the guy's dead. It's like ninja joust. Marines all regroup. Curtis stumbles in. And we end at a party at the embassy. Wild Bill tells Joe and Curtis that they aren't half bad. And he says that if they want to join the Marines, he can pull some strings. But Joe and Curtis say that they've got other plans. Curtis uh, tells his girl. All right. No, you won't. I'll call you. No, you won't. Great. Just remember me. This is the woman that he met at the party much closer to the beginning of the movie. He has literally had no contact with her up to that point. I don't know how he invited her. Like, how much time was there between, you know, the island battle and this? Because he would have had to call her. It's like, hey, we're having a party. We just killed a bunch of people. Come on down. According to IMDb, 89 people died in this movie. That's the body count. I believe it. Joe, Curtis, and Alicia then head out to catch their plane 
with Charlie, but Toto pulls Joe aside and says, hey, you owe me five bucks. And he gives Toto a present, which is a Swiss army knife. He's all excited about, and they all head down the stairs, car, and credits roll. So at, at the end here, they're at the party. Joe is saying his goodbyes, and he's like shaking hands, like, all right, you know, it's been great working with you, whatever. And he shakes this old guy's hand, and it's like the way he shakes it, it, it seems like that old guy was supposed to be important. Yeah, yeah, and the guy's like, goodbye, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Are you supposed to be the professor? Because he's dead, and you don't look... I mean, you're an old white guy with glasses, but that's not enough. Right. No, yeah. I was like, yeah, it, it does focus on that oddly. You're like, oh, what? And for a moment, I thought it was the governor. Like, no, that's not the governor. The governor was arrested, and he didn't wear glasses, and he had more hair. Who the fuck is this guy? Somehow he has some kind of bond with Joe that we just never see. Yeah, it is really weird. And it was also weird when they're uh, when Joe and uh, and Jackson they're going to the the taxi and there are kids carrying bags and I honestly thought that the kids were going with them, like the way the way it looks it's like hey we're we're saving some kids with us too. <laughs> it, it, then it took me a moment like oh no the kids are just just like their servants I guess they just carry their bags <laughs> right. for, for Joe and Jackson for some reason. Island kids just help wherever. Well, they got to get that money, son. Got $3. That's right. Toto can get you just about anything, but he's going to he's gonna need money for it. You know, oh, my God. He's like... I, uh, I guess it rains down in South Africa. I guess. Toto is like red from the Shawshank Redemption. He can get you anything. Yep. So, uh, Brandon, this is called American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. Where was the confrontation? I mean, I know there's constant fighting in this movie, but it's called the confrontation. Like there's some kind of ultimate calling that he has to confront. And that doesn't happen in this movie. That's what this movie is. Well, maybe the confrontation is not Joe, but it's with the, the, the ninja guy with the scar in his face. And his confrontation is to fight Joe. And he fails. But he's not the American Ninja. So... No, but he's, you know, the confrontation could be his. It doesn't have to be the American Ninjas. It's just the subheading. Um, I think uh, the canning group really fucked up there. I think, they should, I, think, I think this is a case where they had the name before the movie. Oh, yeah. No, they just, instead of like, well, American Ninja 2. Well, let's call it, you know, let's call it something, uh, something else here. Yeah. Uh, it- it needs to be something amazing. It needs to be something that's going to blow people's minds. It's going to say, I need to see what the, the American Ninja's up to now. I mean, the, the next one's called Blood Hunt, and the, uh, the last one's called The Annihilation. So I'm sure the, I'm sure you uh, <laughs> would have the same uh, wonder with those. Well, I, well, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Don't stand there staring at the guest mingle. You, don't get drunk and go puking on the pavements. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the film we just watched. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means you can't get clearance to get a Blackbeard Island. I'm sorry. I'm just going to listen to the government. Um, going to take a while. Converted, which means you will go to Blackbeard Island. You'll just you'll, you'll find a nice little 
side piece named Alicia to take a little boat over at night. At night. There's a patrols. And drink the Kool-Aid. Fuck it. You're Steve James. You're going to the goddamn island. Who's with me? So, Cullen, how do you rate American Ninja 2 The Confrontation? As I mentioned, action. All the time. It's fantastic. This movie uh, doesn't fuck around like the first one did where it's trying to develop characters and shit like that, which is important. This is very important to a movie, but not this one. It does not matter at all. I started this watching this and my uh, my wife had to go to the gym and she came back and I was still watching it. And I said, you probably are going to want to watch this. You'll probably enjoy it. She watched like the last half hour of the movie. She completely understood what was going on the entire time. Didn't miss a beat. That's fantastic. This also doesn't fall into the trap that a lot of sequels do where they kind of just make the first movie again just slightly different. So that's great. There's a a car blows up. It's fantastic. There's a one of the fight scenes. Michael Dudikoff, he he does a flying kick and he, he he does a flying kick over a railing. It's fucking awesome (laughs) it was one of the several times in this movie where i shot my arms up in the air and i said yes there's and there's ninjas just so many damn ninjas in this movie Uh, i will absolutely watch this movie again and as as i was watching it i was trying to think what rating i was going to give it and when it started off i was like at the low end of converted but then the movie just got Let's look more and more ridiculous. And uh, I think I think I drink the Kool-Aid on American Ninja 2, the confrontation, because of the crotch trauma. Brandon, how do you rate American Ninja 2? It should have been called the confrontation. I would have called it like American Ninja Spring Break. Because they go to like some like oh, beach locale or whatever. This movie knows what was best about the first one. That's the best... Actually, they're like, okay, more Steve James, more buddy stuff, ninjas, more ninjas, kick some ass, but let's, like, be creative with the ass kicking here. And, yeah, you you said it right. It's nonstop. And the thing is, this one doesn't take itself nearly as seriously. Yes, things are unintentionally silly in this movie, but they also are tongue-in-cheek in in this movie, and they know how silly they can be. They they ramp the action up big, and and there's... There's some good fights, but there's also good inserts in the fight. Like we mentioned about like when Dudikoff like catches the blow dart in his fingers between his fingers and like little little touches. It's, it gets zany with like the bowling pin sounds. Lots of Steve James is like a one liner machine. Like he must just it must be like used every ADR take he recorded after this thing. Cause I mean every fight it's like, dude, if you didn't talk so much, you could probably kick even more ass. This is, yeah, when I think of, like, dumb, junky action movies, this one's, like, the poster child almost for it. Because it's got, like, every stupid thing you'd want in it. And it's just so silly, so much action. I I definitely, I drink the Kool-Aid on American Ninja 2. And after last year, Cullen was so down on American Ninja, the first one, where he was like, dude, fuck you for making me watch this (laughs) You're just like, just, just, which I I watched it, too, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's... It's fine, but, it's, you know, I was like, huh. And then I, I went after it, and I watched American Ninja 2, like, uh, the week, or well, a couple weeks or so after we watched 
watched it for this sh- for the show the first one and i texted i was like hey i think american ninja 2 is the movie you want the f- you wanted the first one to be it it absolutely was it still had some of the same things where i didn't entirely understand where the movie was taking place like i only knew it i only know it was taking place in um in the caribbean because i read it online they never say where they are in this movie and a lot of people talk kind of with australian accents oh, I, I couldn't quite place what their accents were so uh, so i couldn't place where the hell this was taking place like in the first one like wasn't the like, i still don't know what the hell it was the philippines maybe i don't know random tropical place that's what it is it, it's hot and there are palm trees and there's water mm-hmm. that, that that's that's the location it, it really doesn't matter that much it's and it's interesting that it doesn't matter that much. It should, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. It's like, you know, it feels like this movie also at times feels like some like middle finger to like some studio exec that like made notes on the first movie. It's like, not enough ninjas. It's like, oh, you want fucking ninjas? <laughs> We're going to have super ninjas. We're, they're going to just pop out of everywhere. And by the way, the lion, he's got his, his finger in a lot of different pies here. He's got drug trade. He's got genetic research going on. He has super ninjas. Pick a lane, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, it's ridiculous. I said if there's one disappointing factor in this movie is that the lion never fought. He's oh, called yeah. the lion. Like I thought he was gonna have like some interesting style and it'd be like that fight where you know like in real life, like Dudikoff would just like kick the shit out of him, but he oh, yeah. like he holds his own in the fight with weird tactics somehow. Well, yeah. well you want to you want to see him take off the jacket, and he's just all jacked, and he's you know full of some kind of DNA ninja serum or something, you know? How yeah, fucking awesome. But instead, he just probably blows up. In order to make sure it worked right, I first had to test it on myself. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, the, the complaints about uh, the Marvel movies about how the main villain isn't that interesting? All of them are interesting compared to the lion. The lion is not in this movie very much. You hear that, Christopher Eccleston? Well, that, that's a bit of a toss-up there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just seems like, like, just get out of this. Well, I mean, I, I, he is making a lot of money off the heroin. If he has... 10 billion dollars in heroin but he's already he has an army of super ninjas man use that they could be hire them out as assassins and the ninja like that that's kind of what it feels like is happening when he's talking to the coalition of super bad guys like like he's like showing them like look at all these ninjas that we have i expected them to be auctioned off it's almost what it felt like when he's just showing them around the facility. It's like, all right, gentlemen, let's go to the boardroom, and then we'll you can start have your buying your own super ninjas, ninjas that are super because they wear red. That seemed to be the distinction between regular ninjas and super ninjas. And super ninjas, they managed to take down what two marines. Congrats. Because I remember there were four of them he rescued from that room, and only two mm-hmm. of them were stand- left standing when uh, it was all over, and all the guys who came on the boats were alive. Yeah, when when, when Dudikoff was facing off directly against the main ninja, I saw the Marines laying on the ground. I'm like, wait, did all of them die? 
<laughs> like this is kind of a pointless endeavor. <laughs> that was the whole reason that you went there. Yeah, there's was to save those ninjas. To the, save the Marines. When it, when it ended, the two there's two of them. They got up and the guys were like, "Hey, man, it's good to see you." Or whatever. But, yeah, it's like they're all like happy to see each other. Like, dude, it coughed. Your, friend, <laughs> your friends just died. They're dead on the ground. Like. Like a hundred feet away from you, they should be like breaking down and crying. It's like I was a fucking prisoner. Oh God, I'm free. And I love that they were also when they got up and walked to their other Marines, they were still holding the swords. Like just in case the ninjas are playing possum, I've got this sword. How about lunch? Guess this means lunch is out of the question. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we're invading Indie PopCon with Terror Squad from 1988, starring Chuck Connors. Joining us for discussion for this live event, a very special guest, our own producer, Brad Shoemaker, who has some ties to this Kokomo shot film. If you show up in person, there's a chance you'll get a big sloppy kiss. I'm not saying that you will. I'm just saying there's a chance. This episode, you can come see it live at PopCon, or you can wait for it to post here on the Cult Cinema Cavalcade website and iTunes, which we know you subscribe, right? Yeah. So thank you for tuning in. Come see us at PopCon this weekend, and tweet Neil Breen, damn it! Leave me alone. Do not call me anymore. I'll call you. Twisted Cavalcade. We look forward to next time, but first... Stay tuned for the trailer for Terror Squad, the trailer that actually trails. Chief, we've just been attacked by three suspects in a blue Ford sedan. They're headed east on Route 22, and we're headed in your direction.
Jesus. to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at MyNameIsCullen. You can find more of Brandon's work at WhySoBlue.com and on Twitter at BTPeters. Podcast produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon. Narration by Becky. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org network. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. On a remote Caribbean island, Army Ranger Joe Armstrong investigates the disappearance of several Marines, which leads him to the Lion, a super criminal who... (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Super criminal. (laughs) Oh, what comes after is hilarious, too. Okay. Okay, I'll try it again. (laughs) On a remote Caribbean island. Okay, I'm sorry. I've got the giggles now. Okay. On a remote Caribbean island, Army Ranger Joe Armstrong investigates the disappearance of several Marines, which leads him to the Lion, a super criminal who has kidnapped a local scientist and mass-produced an army of mutant ninja warriors. Someone financed this. Gold! (laughs) This might be one of the best possibilities you've ever had. <laughs> I'm serious, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> An army of mutant warriors. And you don't find that out until like mass produced human you beings. You don't find that out until like the last half hour of the movie. Like, no. wait a minute, fucking what? Yeah, yeah. And then he kills me like yeah, here they are. Now we're gonna kill them all. Oh, my God, so. ridiculous. Oh, okay.